Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, this is Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos. November 30th in the month of Sagittarius and we have a repeat program on Thursday at 6 to 7 a.m. That's Pacific time, standard time. Yes, and that's so our topic today is about Jupiter, the great gassy planet, the largest in our solar system that takes a year to orbit the sun and it's just passing the very last degree of Sagittarius, where it's been for the entire year. And December 2nd, it'll go into Capricorn. Tonight's guest has spoken before, back in July, Leslie Francis, a wonderful special astrologer from Canada, Calgary in Alberta, Canada. She's a many things. She's a well, I want to say a humorist. She is a humorist and a greatly adored one. Although officially she's really a professional astrologer and an intuitive. She's doing an ongoing series of webinars with Samuel Reynolds. There's one tomorrow. We'll announce it later. And she also has many other capacities in the past, such as, well, she consults and does lectures internationally and nationally. She was a former journalist and a media relations consultant. I mean, many, many wonderful faculties, besides creating an oracle star cards with meditation that she coaches. So it's going to be quite extraordinary. Oh, and I forgot to mention the primary thing. Leslie Francis is also the author of this year's Llewellyn Sunsign book for 2019 and for this coming one, 2020. And in fact, you'll note, keep tuned because at the half hour, we're going to mention how you can, if you sign up for her class, she's giving away books. So it's going to be a good deal. But tonight's really a pleasure. Hi, Leslie. <laughs> Uh, hi, Sue, and uh, just one small correction. Yes. Uh, I live in Edmonton. Oh, well, there is a difference. It's like Portland and Seattle, you know, when yeah. one is like a, a foreigner, such as I am. <laughs> well, and of course, you know, people from uh, Calgary don't like to think about Edmonton and, and vice versa. We have huge sports rivalries uh-huh. between our two cities, even though we're in the same province. Well, I will make that correction. And, you know, <laughs> yes, I've always thought of the mountain range that's so beautifully in that area. So if I were to do that, I'd get that uh, space and time reality check. <laughs> Which is, yeah, isn't that true, though? When you think like that brings me right back to our subject of Jupiter and Capricorn, because... Time is essentially the main one of the main features of Capricorn. So besides getting too expansive with all these, which Jupiter is wonderful at 
our belief systems and, and going beyond, it's, it's, it does relate back to time, so time and distance. Well, yeah, Jupiter is the planet that's connected to long-distance travel, and it makes you wonder these days in, in, in the world that we live in, is long-distance travel now become travel into the cosmos as opposed to travel on the planet since everything seems so profoundly and easily connected. I like that because often we think, what is the frontier? And it has been mentioned, it's interior, which of course it is within oneself. And then under the sea, which unfortunately, which I believe also, however, there's so much pollution and whatnot, but the stars and it's not just the universe, it's really that consciousness, isn't it? That beyond. Indeed. Much food for thought there. It's really wonderful. You know, coming over to the studio, I had the radio on, and it was Hawaiian music, which here, as it's getting kind of cold, was quite a pleasure. And these people were from Maui and playing traditional music and jamming, and there's slide guitar, steel guitar, which is very big. Slide guitar, they call it in Hawaii. It's very big. But the comment and the conversation related to Capricorn, I thought, because they were talking about how music is so intergenerational, you know, that if, because they were jamming and and that kind of thought and that, so I'm trying to relate how we were exactly talking about, you know, (laughs) (laughs) expanding There's Jupiter for you. Let's wander (laughs) off down that road. There must be something there. (laughs) It is. Yeah. But I thought intergenerational. And and because I think with going into Capricorn, it's really the past, but yet we're going towards the future when we start talking about these cycles. And we can get so disengaged and separated that somehow anything that is intergenerational which is the traditions, you know, of music. I, um, it seemed appropriate. Well, I, I, I do think it's appropriate because, I, I mean, the, the reality is that you can't, you shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater, <laughs> right? What, you know, there are things which do stand the test of time. And for me, Jupiter and Capricorn, is really about taking time taking time to sufficiently ground your beliefs your ideals your thoughts into something that you can apply in your everyday life i mean you know um it's one thing to believe something it's another thing to live it absolutely and 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 of course the earth jupiter and an earth sign and most particularly in Capricorn is very much about that. And this, this of course, is not your average everyday Jupiter going through Capricorn phase because it does so once every 12 years. It, it's it's going to uh, add another flavor to, to the upcoming, uh, first of all, you know, we, we're having a solar eclipse on well, depending on where you live, if you live on the West Coast, it will be on Christmas Day in the evening at about 9.15 or something like that. 
or if you live in other parts of the world, it could be on December the 26th, but either way, so Jupiter fares very strongly in that eclipse. And I know later this month, you'll be talking about that. I'm, you know, for me, Jupiter moving into Capricorn is kicking off, uh, is shifting some energy towards that, that big uh, ev couple of events that we have in early January. So we're getting a taste of, of what it means to, in other words, don't say you think or believe something, act accordingly and be accountable. Because Capricorn for me is always about be accountable. That's an excellent word. It is true. And serious, as you said, it's a measured approach to growth and wants sustainable, wants to be grounded, wants reality, practicality. Yes. I. Well, no matter how far your consciousness expands, uh, we still live in the third dimension. And so time and space are absolutely relevant. Well, yes. You know, these cycles, I'm thinking like I noted and for the audience, because it's really potent. You know, this is a complex subject, actually, Jupiter going into Capricorn, because of the fact that there's all these other planets that are aligned already there and have been, Saturn, the ruler of Capricorn, and Pluto. Now, and Pluto is a transformational of, of regeneration, you know, many capacities, and I'm just saying this for our non-astrologers or just to identify what, we're kind We're of talking about yeah exactly and so in the, and besides the fact that we have our the past which was represented by the nodal the two nodes south is in capricorn so in one way we're releasing that which doesn't work and of course pluto's in there helping with that but with <laughs> you know right and so well, you know, I think Jupiter, I mean, I think Saturn's, I don't know how much fun Saturn's actually going to be having, no, because <laughs> he's going to be sitting between Pluto and, and Jupiter. And um, now, of course, it's for, for Jupiter, when it first moves into Capricorn, it's not unlike taking a cold shower. Well, well from the heights, <laughs> yes, it's just been pointing to the galactic center, forgot, you know, and then all of a sudden and, it's like, nope. We're here on Earth. Yeah, thud. You're back. Yeah. And we you, have... you, you, you hit the ground, and are you still running? No, yeah. No, that's right. And as you had pointed out, there's some big appointments leading up. And so it's hard not to jump to it. I mean, it's like the eclipse on Christmas or the next day is a strong uh, influencing factor. And then on January 12th, which we astrologers have been hearing others talk about for such a long time because there's this tremendous stellium of that's s-t-e-l-l-i-u-m for those folks because even um the computer doesn't know the word it seems but you know <laughs> it is shocking it's like no it's stellium <laughs> I know. Uh, but it's all in Capricorn and very closely aligned to at that point at 22 degrees, I think, Capricorn. Yes. So anything cardinal, of course, is going to be in people's charts or. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, we also on January the 10th have a lunar eclipse 
oh, at yes. 20 degrees of cancer. Oh, that's right. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I wish I could say put your seatbelt on, but I'm not so sure that, would, that, that you know, that that's because all this energy is building and has been building for quite some time uh, and actually has been building probably since about 2016. And we are now just moving into, you know, what you might call a watershed moment. I think of it as a point of initiation, which I will be talking about in my webinar tomorrow. But it is, it's a point of initiation where, where we have the opportunity and Jupiter will play a, a tremendous role in this. We have a, an opportunity to initiate new structures and Jupiter in Capricorn does have that capacity if it understand using what is practically available to build something based on what you, uh, on, on what guides you on what is meaningful to you. It's that's really how they do operate. I'm, you express that beautifully because Saturn wants to put form to what Jupiter risks and looks out at. And together, it's a good teamwork. And in fact, there is that every 20 year, which is coming up at the end of next year, I think December 21st. Yes. Yeah, where they will One be. One of the in, other, yeah. Mm, and Aquarius. Exactly. My favorite sign. Yes, I like it too. <laughs> well, it's my sun sign. If it wasn't my favorite sign, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. Well, I have. Yes, I. <laughs> that's. I knew this. In, this right. Um. So we've tossed out these pointers, and this idea of the opportunity for new structure. It's you know. In fact, I also was looking at another date, and that's when the sun conjuncts. Uh, Jupiter in Saturn, and that'll be just, not in Saturn, but in Capricorn, and that's just on the 27th, two days, you know, a couple of days after Christmas, or the 28th if you're overseas. And at that point, looking at the chart, was that Mercury will be at 27, will be at the galactic center, 27 degrees um Sagittarius. Well, and, you know, and, and of course, what, you know, what we're trying to do is talk about, uh, about the big picture and, and the big picture often seems really big, right? Yeah. And, and the other facet of Jupiter I wanted to mention before I forget is it really is about truth telling. That's a stopper. Yes, the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that, that. So, yeah, you know, so, uh, Yeah, it, it's going to be a, a really interesting time. And we see so, so much going on in the world today where old patterns of behavior uh, are no longer acceptable. Um, just to, a quick mention, of course, in Canada, hockey is a religion. Uh, and in the last week or two, there have been, there's been, there's been essentially a huge hue and cry uh, about coaches being abusive to hockey players. In fact, one of them was just forced to resign yesterday, partly for, for a variety of bad behavior, which, you know, even 30, 40 years ago would have been considered acceptable. 
So we are in a phase of really looking at what what does it mean to be in authority, right? Yes. Are are you authoritative or authoritarian? Big difference. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. So, you know, and Jupiter moving into Capricorn, I think has something to do with that, really in the sense of... Um, of, of, you know, getting to the truth of the structures that we've created and having a look at, you know, are, are do they still function? Are they still meaningful? Do we find, and of course with Pluto there too, do we find some new and different ways to create the world um, based on uh, maybe a different set of priorities? And I, God knows, I, I, I'm not sure that I can really begin to project what I think those priorities might look like so values but, but priorities adds to that whole list because we went through so much with Venus it seems and values but it, it interconnected because karma and ethics when you talk about accountability in Capricorn is really well I don't want to say the name of the game but in a maybe I do want to <laughs> say that because <laughs> It's really a big focus. And so, yes, how we, cons when we consider like the hockey and the, as an example, and our behavior, which indicates what we find acceptable because we are social people. I mean, people are, you know, and we have well, mm -hmm, ideas. Well, no, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, because we're looking at what, what, Sorry, I just banged my mic. That's okay. Uh, we're really in the last, what, 20 years really begun to focus on what is abuse, like in a broader sense than, you know, just this kind of abuse or that kind of abuse, but what constitutes abuse? What constitutes fair treatment of your fellow human being? Hmm. I hadn't thought and, of that. And, you know, because you're in a position of authority, does that give you the right to do whatever you want to do? Because somebody anointed you to whatever. <laughs> I use the word anoint somewhat facetiously. But, um, yeah, it's just a really interesting uh, time. And, and I really think that anyone who thinks they know exactly what's going to happen Oh, it's very, yes. Yeah. Perhaps we'll have a conversation, Sue, once we get to the end of January and find out if all our hair has fallen out or something. Yeah, I would like this. Come, well, Aquarius, I think that would be an excellent time. Let's do this. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, as they call it, well, no, I'm looking at that. I don't want, okay, talking about Capricorn, part of that also is the parental energy, you know, it's. It's on the focus of the access of the um, 10th house in, the, in natural rulership at the MC, as we call it, and the angles, and it's the parental uh, authority, which we've brought up. And so for ourselves and for mastery, you know, in order to be in a, a capacity of, of some giving rules and understanding and et cetera, but what I'm getting at is is that this parental idea, which is the external versus the internal, like we were talking about, where's the real frontier? And, you know, the 
the consciousness that also finally goes inside to the interior. But I was reading some notes I'd read when I read James Hill's, actually it's James Hill's Soul Code, his book. and uh, James Hillman, you mean? Hillman, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if you've, anyway, I plowed through that book one time, but the most pertinent area I thought was when he talked about current society clinging to the idea of parental importance versus, and I'm taking this from a note, cosmological power. That Because if we, it used to be that the parental forces were more endowed with uh, the cosmology of, of the source, whether we called it mother nature. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so the problem with looking at our parents as the all uh, encompassing authority people that is why we have our natures because of them is that we're separated from nature because the world or our environment, the world around us can show us through its just energies, whether it's animals or whether it's society or whether it's nature itself of these of, of ways of, of realizing or ways to that we get parented, in other words. And we re- resist that if we, if we do it. So I'm wondering with... Well, mm-hmm. well I was just going to say, I have a friend who, when she was growing up, her great, her, uh, the, the thing that informed her reality more than anything was her relationship with animals and trees. Exactly. exactly. And nature. That that's where she found her peace, her harmony, her her sustenance. It wasn't in her relationship with her parents. Well Plato, I don't know if it was during Plato or Socrates, but back in the golden age of Greece, which was like four thousand years time ago. ago. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But they felt that seventy percent of any environment was to be left natural so that we could have this relationship. And really, that's the same relationship. Well, it's just, it is the same relationship as our body mass versus water, fluid, or earth versus, you know, earth versus water. So that makes sense that I think there's many people that that respond with nature. I do. <laughs> you know, I love the... Well, uh, yeah, me too. I mean, I I really learned that the changes of nature after a while, if nothing else, spring comes up, right? I mean, just to be simple here, <laughs> it doesn't all end, but many more things, yes. Well, and, and of course, you know, humans do have uh, some difficulty believing that they cannot master and control everything. That you do need to have, uh, you know, it needs to be a collaboration. And, you know, <clears throat> this is not a, a well-known fact, but of course I live in the province that has the dreaded oil sands in it. And uh, of the, uh, there, were a num- there are a number of developments uh, up in Fort McMurray. And Almost every single development brought in the native elders 
to bless the land and to make peace with the land before the oil sands construction was begun. All of them but one. <laughs> and this particular, and I don't remember the name of, uh, of, of the company that was doing it, and they had someone advise them that they needed to do this and they chose to ignore that advice. And it's interesting what happened. They had a fire, an explosion, mm -hmm. and something else, I forget what it was because they had not had the elders come in and bless the land. They'd not made peace with the land and asked for the land's cooperation. It's this kind of energy, really, that one has to beg to wonder with all this tremendous emphasis of Capricorn, with Jupiter coming in with its viewpoint, which is having a viewpoint and voicing that viewpoint, you know, <laughs> which is important, but and, and of the higher realms, you know, of the skies as we were talking about, the consciousness, and really how, as you had mentioned the word priorities, how we will begin to refocus. And if we can really integrate this concept of, because it's also the South Node, we have to let go of what doesn't work. I just well, hope the, we do. Well, that's where the karmic, uh, the past comes into play, the karmic uh, debt, if you will. And I, and, I, and I don't see karma as necessarily cause and effect. I don't think it no. works quite as straight in a straight line as much as we would like to think it does. However, I, I don't know about, all I know is my own personal experience right now is that I find myself revisiting my past, you know, a lot of the facets of my life, trying to release things, heal things, uh, so that I have a fertile ground on which to move forward because Capricorn is about structure and what's the most important structure that we stand on it's the earth yes and i think you've tied the very beginning of this chat that we've had so well because it is really a matter of opportunity of finding out uh the new structures we're just going to take a brief break this is Talk cosmos on november 30th or december 5th and I'm speaking with Leslie Francis from Edmonton, Canada. <laughs> and we're talking about Jupiter and Capricorn. So we'll be right back. Do you have a question or something to contribute for today's Talk Cosmos program? If you're listening to the live show on Saturday, the phone lines are now open until 645 Pacific. Give us a call at 888 298-5569 to either join us on the air or we can write it down for you. Once again, that's 888-298-5569. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god, or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration, involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. 
As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places, physically and mentally, to find the truths of life. Hi, this is Petra Touchard of Petra Touchard Astrology, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Well, goody, here we are back again, and this is November 30th and December 5th, Talk Cosmos, Sagittarius with Jupiter that is going to, on the 2nd of December, go into Capricorn for a year until the 19th of December 2020. And it is a packed year with a lot of events. We're just trying to put, like Leslie said, a focus on this big subject. And so I'm going to ask you, Leslie, about uh, the karma debt. I think that's a fascinating subject because it relates with Capricorn. And, and as you say, it's not linear. It's, it's more of a, um, oh, what the, what's the other word, quantum thing where it just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for that lovely announcement about my the webinar I'm doing tomorrow with Sam Reynolds. And just for, for anybody who's listening, I still have three books I'd Ooh. be happy to give away. So uh, all you need to do is, uh, I know the announcement, had the little ad had all the information in it, so just carry on, <laughs> just carry on. It will be uh, no. special. I, it, it, those lucky threes, it's threes the charm, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, now what, so what the, what's the question? Oh, yes, You're about just... karma debt. Oh, the karmic debt. Well, well, of course we know that, uh, you know, Capricorn is very much about what your obligations are and what you owe, right? And... And in this case, with, with the planets that are in play and the eclipses, because, you know, first of all, let's talk about the nodal axis, which has been in Cancer Capricorn. And we need to look at uh, any outdated structures that we have in our lives, outworn. I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, and of course, sometimes when Pluto's involved, people think that you got to, you know, you got to destroy everything. And here's where the energy of Capricorn says, now just wait a second, transform what needs to be transformed, but leave what is valuable uh, as your foundation going forward. So part of this process is looking at uh, the, the structures that we have created and how, what kind of karmic debt have we created by adhering to structures which are which are toxic, which are toxic, because uh, Pluto always comes along and asks us to get rid of whatever is toxic. Yeah. And you know, authority for the sake of authority is not healthy. Uh, maintaining the status quo just because, uh, just because, is also not healthy, and it's not even healthy for the people who who want to maintain the status quo because nature shows us that what is no longer viable does need to die. Trees will show you that, plants. Uh, and we, 
we have difficulty with the idea that you cannot grow something new if you're not prepared to let go of what is old. That, that your energy is all caught up in, in maintaining something that is no longer uh, healthy or functioning. Need the space. Yeah. Release. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. So you need to, so where is, if, 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 you know, it's interesting because because we're talking about Cancer Capricorn, there's a lot of emotion attached to this and Pluto as well. So if you're, if people are finding they've got a lot of emotional stuff surfacing, mm -hmm. it, it, it's time and you're being given a very strong indication that um, your body's been carrying this and, you know, all the research recently shows that every emotional experience you've had in your life that was significant to you is stored somewhere in your in the cells of your body and so in order to create the space for new growth for yourself emotionally and physically and spiritually and intellectually you need these to let this process as difficult as it might be to you uh, and I do speak, you know, it is challenging when you, you, you find yourself feeling things that you thought you were done with. And that is, to my mind, part of this karmic debt that we're talking about it. We, we can get so focused on one aspect of, you know, the elemental structure of the world. In other words, let's just focus on the earth stuff, the practical stuff, and forget that everything is intertwined very, does that make any sense oh i yes it does very much so very much so because there it is all strongly related and letting go and renewing in fact that brings me back to that music that i first brought up because really it's like having other tools to to release you know the 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 fact of that particular listening to the Hawaiian music, such as I did. And in that conversation, this man was playing some country music, and somebody was saying, no, it sounds like more Hawaiian. And the point was he illustrated the difference in the beat. And I know you would know this because you were, you were a judge of, of music awards up there. Uh, <laughs> you know, in, 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 it's uh, music, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the point was, and I listened, it was fascinating because when you listen to country music, it's more like you're riding a horse. You know, like if you ride a horse, <laughs> yeah, it's like, dun, dun, dun. you know, it's got that steady rhythm of whether you're galloping or trotting or whatever. And of course, that's country, I mean, Western riding horses versus English, but still is that. Whereas in Hawaii, it's the ocean. Sweeps in, and it's not talking about tsunamis, which they barely, <laughs> barely have, <laughs> right? Well, but it well, is right gentle. Now, yeah. Well, I, I was going to funny. I was going to say right now we might be feeling emotionally like we're riding a tsunami. Well, it could be, yeah. In this, in this energy <laughs> focus. So I thought, you know, really, the music was showing us how the environment we're just living part of the environment and it was another um, system and I was thinking because the world used to have music you know everybody had a piano and they don't so I know it doesn't relate music doesn't particularly relate to Capricorn but it does involve emotion and as we were talking and it does involve like the 
Uh, well, no, no. But if you if there was no structure, I mean, Saturn rules the structure of all things. Yeah. So it could be a good healing focus. And, hmm. Well, you know, and it's it's funny because it reminds me of a of a lecture that Frank Clifford did at Norwalk in which he talked about how what a, an important role Saturn plays in humor. Oh. <laughs> well, um, and of course I brought that up and I don't remember exactly what he said. I just know that it resonated for me that that because you have to have a structure again we all boundaries and boundaries excuse me i was just thinking isn't that part of it because so often we think there's and that's not we hadn't brought that up but capricorn is all about boundaries structure authority rules you know it's how do you well can we get rid of the rules no i'm just kidding yeah exactly (laughs) little aquarian thinking that'll be later (laughs) at the end of december next year no no no, no, it's just that sometimes there are a lot of rules that have no no other purpose except That's to true. control people. There's a different, so see, for me, a, 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 a well-functioning Saturn understands boundaries and also understands that guidance is as important as telling people what to do. And socially, that's how people interact. I mean, it's a necessity and... I, I, absolutely, I I have great res- respect. I mean, absolutely, but again, it's like going to prison terms. It, the purpose, it seems to me, I wish we would think, is that, and maybe this would be a a Jupiterian in Capricorn concept, is to realize that prison is a re- reformation. It's not just punishment. It's the it's not supposed to be retribution it's supposed to be in my mind so that it rehabilitates a person to be able to function again maybe they missed that or who knows what happened but you know i mean well i i, I, I you know and I, I i think that uh consequence is important but consequence is not the same as punishment exactly and, and that then, gets and, the and, karma and, right mm-hmm. yeah because the negative aspect of 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 Capricorn is control, fear, and punishment. It doesn't really, you know, punishing people. I, I mean, and and I I think it, if we could find a different way to look at it, I, I'm not, and I'm not suggesting we abolish the prison system at all, but we do need to teach people that it's it, it's the consequences of your actions and if you choose to do such and such this is what's going to happen to you Perhaps. and and mm. and when they're in i have to tell you when I, when i was a journalist I, I once did a story they just started having conjugal rights for inmates at a this maximum security prison in agassiz bc and i went out to interview um a guy who'd been convicted of murder and he and and the woman he'd married and to write a story about conjugal visits and when i got to the prison if it wasn't for the uniforms i wouldn't have energetically been able to tell the difference between the guards and the prisoners gee because <laughs> they were carrying the same kind of energy well everybody would be 
feeling some restriction, I would imagine, just from the environment. Yeah. Well, and but so then, you know, then what I, you know, it's kind of interesting. We're talking about karmic debt because I think that one of the aspects of karmic debt that we need to look at is how well does the world function if we believe that power over is a good thing? That really gets to the cardinal cross, doesn't it? And when we say cross, it's like the the four angles, you know, the, yep. in astrology, because it, it, there's with Aries and Libra, which are cardinal, they are of the equality, or me and self at the we're the light, you know, at that moment of the equinox, the light was equal. That, concept that instead of being a, a authoritative or child parent relationship that it's more um of equal terms well really you know raising children ought to be a collaboration you hope so yes well i know but i'm sure you and i were both both born in the generation which your parents were the authority and you were I mean, oh, I see. I, I thought you meant between the parents, but between the parents and the child. Yes, it should be a collaboration because just because you're four foot nothing doesn't mean you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it seems like, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and, and, you know, and there's uh, obviously, uh, and it's funny because lots of people believe these days that the pendulum has swung too far and now the kids have all the the power and the and the parents spend all their time trying to make sure they the kids okay with what's happening well that doesn't teach you how to deal with the world either so so teaching people that you know uh showing acting like you're the authority and in your children's lives and they have nothing to say is no better than the children being the authority and the parents have nothing to say it we're still stuck in that dynamic of power over. And this is, I think, one of the things that's part of, of, of the Saturn-Pluto thing. And we're seeing it around the world as people try to make their world smaller again and have more control. And so they're swinging more towards, uh, uh, you know, giving all their power to some person who who apparently is a king for a day or a month or a year, you know, we're swinging back to wanting someone else to be in charge so we don't have to be accountable. Then this all begins to spiral back (laughs) beautifully to various thoughts. One is it gets back to that, okay, Jupiter, just the concern, concept of Jupiter, which of course rules Sagittarius normally, but it is going into Capricorn, and it wants to have that higher, well, it's higher education, it's your visions, it's your belief structures, it's religion, philosophy, it's all of this greater cultural also significance. And what I'm getting at is, is that in thinking about the authority, which would, how can, how can they work together for our greater good and it's really because jupiter wants to reach the spiritual and it that connection it's not just material of course 
And Mm -hmm. Capricorn, like, well, with Saturn, is man-made law, but it's also universal law, if I'm correct. And so what I'm getting at is, wouldn't it be grand if we could just really open up the hemispheres, the, the, the visions above, to let us realize that this horizon is within and to bring in that consciousness of, of our connection with spirit and, and, that ex, and that experience of it, not just, like you say, parroting something, but really living it and, and, and learning the, the, the depth of it. Because whether it was in prison or not, that's half the problem. That is the big problem is people, some of the training there could be, oh, in my ideal world, you know, where (laughs) (laughs) we'll keep growing this world, where people learn that they have the authority is inside with this link to their spirituality. Well, I think that Jupiter and Capricorn can be a lot about, you know, loosing the, the, the bonds that, that bind you to things, whether, whether it, it actually reflects um, anything that you believe, because, you know, Jupiter is, is about freedom. You know, I always say that there are three signs in the Zodiac for whom freedom is a way of life, not a concept, and that's, uh, that's Sagittarius, Aquarius, and Aries. So <laughs> when Jupiter, which is very much connected to the need for, spa- for, for the freedom to move, the freedom to think, the freedom to believe, come, moves into Capricorn, it is going to come up against whatever is the commonly accepted way of viewing the world. And it's always its job when it goes through Capricorn is to help us loosen up a bit and and not be so so uh, attached. And yet, on the other hand, the negative side of it is uh, I'm right and you're wrong. And <laughs> right, because oh. Jupiter can be quite self righteous. Well, that's true, and we have experienced a good deal of that. <laughs> but that's true. There will be some of that energy, of course, because they'll have the law on their side and et cetera. But then again, it's going to be, <laughs> hey, is that the real law? I mean, is that really have a purpose? Is there a purpose? Well, you know, and, and it's funny because it, we, we discover as humans that it's not always easy to let you can't legislate people's behavior. All you can do is legislate whatever consequences you think are important once you've decided what what your society needs to value and stand for. Yeah. Maybe we should and, look at that. We have a few minutes. Maybe we should look at the eclipse coming up. We've mentioned that because I was looking at um, some energetic uh, feedback out there, how it could be effective. Well, just a, just a, just a, you know, I found it really interesting because I, I, as I mentioned to you before, uh, during the break, I I, um, I did the chart for Christmas Day. Yes. And and the day starts out with the moon void, of course, in Sagittarius. <laughs> oh, well, you know, though, I was just and, reading that some, who was it? One a great astrologer, maybe it was uh, Jung. Oh, boy, I got to remember. No, no, it was Rudhar, Ruger, Ruger. Ruger, no, Dane, yeah. Yeah, Dane Ruger said that, he didn't think that Sagittarius was void, of course, at the end. And it's because of the galactic center. It's so potent. 
well, I, yeah, I know, but I think that, well, whatever, I, I don't remember all the degrees. So I was just looking at it from that point of view. I wasn't, yeah. Okay. And, you know, it, it passing over the galactic center isn't necessarily going to be helpful for cooking turkey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you might be having a beautiful, uh, you know, Thank universal you. experience. While you're yeah. thinking, oh, I was supposed to put the turkey in the oven. Um, so, and then it moves into Capricorn. Uh, early afternoon and, and so it's quite an interesting movement of energy that that day from from the fanciful to the practical to uh, uh, now it's it, I think it's it, I don't think it's a, um, a total solar eclipse and it is a new moon so it, it's going to be and, and of course the energy of the new moon is is, is very um, instinctive and, and intuitive it's not very capricornian oh. so it it you know and this happens at the end of the day so uh i and it's and of course it is conjunct jupiter it is yes so again it should be a very and in many respects a much more jupiterian they always have to laugh because you know the the month before christmas when the sun is in sag everybody's you know out you know yes being generous and kind jolly. and doing all those and jolly and all that stuff. And then, and then we have the solstice and like three days before Christmas, everybody goes, Oh my God, how much money did I spend? Yeah. And it gets serious. <laughs> it is a serious. And, and then Christmas day, it's like, uh, you know, it's always interesting um, to me that I, I think the Romans had a different idea of Capricorn than, than, with Saturnalia, they, they they saw it as a celebration. <laughs> well, they needed to, yes. That Saturn, S A T U N E R I A, I think is how it is. But it was the celebration of light. But everything went. Anything and everything went. I guess they just threw the shackles off of their yep party and celebrate out. and celebrated the light returning. Yes. And so what do we do? We celebrate the birth of someone who was a martyr. Yeah. And but if, if there's many talks about how it goes back about how so many. Well, this gets into areas of people's <laughs> beliefs and that. But yeah. But well, we could, we could just back away from that. No, <laughs> but there are ancients of, of exactly that, that because of the sun, you know, it holds in space there for three days. And really, when you're living out in nature, which, of course, the people of the ancients were and still people do, and who knows where we may go with all our, you know, how everything goes. But the point is, is that, you're so cognizant of that it gets dark, it gets dark, and the light is gone. And so... Uh, well, you know where I live? Oh, boy. Uh, on, on the solstice? The winter solstice? Yes, on the 21st. We, we, we might have eight hours of sunshine. Wow. Yes, it, so, it, it, that's incredible. Well, we don't have... Too, yeah, you're further up quite a bit, but even in Seattle, you know, it's hard to know, but yeah. it gets dark by four, 
and then it it doesn't get light until eight, I think. So that's not too many more hours either. I think it's about eight hours also. Yeah, yeah. It's just plain so, dark. So you know this. Yeah, and the darkness, you know, is is a really powerful time. Yes. Yeah, so and and we and we 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 like to avoid it as much as we possibly can. I am going to just <laughs> bring a little mention that next week, and that will be uh, the the seventh. Yes, December seventh. Ursula Stockter from Mexico City will be speaking with me, and we're going to talk about the lunar goddesses, the three, the triform, Hecate and Diana, and so that whole conversation will be most powerful. And awesome. Yeah. And so tonight is with Leslie Francis of Edmonton, Canada. And we're talking of this event that really is, is going to be ongoing with Jupiter, the great king of the sky, meeting up with the great gas giant. And she has a webinar, you might have remembered, but it will be tomorrow, and you can go go to Talk Cosmos. You can find the details. And if you go to Leslie Francis, it's, uh, it's also there. It's with Samuel Reynolds, and she's giving away a book, her great sun sign book of Llewellyn for 2020. So it's, there's only a few for the lucky person, so that'll be quite exciting. I know I'm attending. I'm going to listen. So I'm looking forward to this. The two of you will be, it'll be fun. So we have a couple of minutes here. And gee, when it comes to Jupiter in Capricorn of ethics and what traditions, what rules, what, what priorities, what goals do we want? It's, really going to be a, a, a momentous year. Well, definitely. Yeah, no, I think... No we, ifs, ands, or buts about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, I keep lingering, looking like... But it'll... But I like the idea that Jupiter's involved for Christmas, so, hey, yes. it'll be a little... Yay. That's right, we'll put our party shoes on, or take them off. <laughs> <laughs> We have to put them on first before you can take them off. <laughs> That's right. Got to dance, you know. All right. Well, we'll dance to that music that I talked about. Well, and we'll talk again come Aquarius, okay? Okay, that would be lovely. Thank you so much, Sue. It's always great, Leslie. <laughs> and thank you to everybody. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.